Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. So, like, tuck them little kitties into bed because we about to say some things. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Antidote. Woo-woo. Um, so happy to be here. Um, back in L.A. Ah, you are. Grace is still in transit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm headed on a flight. I'm headed on a jet plane back to uh, sunny Los Angeles soon. But I'm really sad, actually, to leave New York because, mm. you know, no knock to L.A. men, but y'all don't really give women compliments the Ooh. way... Coming in spicy this morning. A man stepped out of his cab yesterday, and I was waiting for my uh, Uber, and a man came out of my his cab and was just like, "I love your shoes, sis. You're doing it, sis. Like, what? Look, look at your outfit. You know, I love that you made an effort." A dude in the elevator said that, and then the cab driver was like, "Sir, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Please pay your fare." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That no, was a cab driver who did it. Wait, the cab driver was like, I would rather talk than make my money. <laughs> you know, it's not even just men and women do it too. Like what? I stepped, was getting on the elevator the other day okay. and this woman, like this black woman just stopped and she's like, excuse me, sis, what you have on, you're doing it today. And I was just like, oh my God, New York. Thank you. Wow. Because sometimes I'll be yeah. in an outfit in LA and nobody don't say shit to me. I'm just gonna ask. I'm just gonna ask real quick for my mind. Do these people have masks on while they're doing this? I'm just curious. Um, no. <laughs> because I will say okay. Because I I will say this, and I think LA the friendliness has gone down. LA is yeah. not a super friendly city, yeah. and I, I and I agree with you on the holler and for. Sure. But I have noticed the friend, general friendliness has gone down because of masks. Yeah. And I'm like, when you're in stores, people don't really talk to you. When they do, you're like, what? Because you're like, I can't see your mouth moving. I don't know what you're saying. And I know I know a lot of women don't like that. I'm not saying that we want street harassment. Oh, yeah. In our 20s, we were like, ew, don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no street harassment. But I mean, so, like I, I will say in New York, it, nine times out of 10, at me anyway, it's been pretty respectful. Like nobody's like making comments on body parts. They're making comments on my outfit or, mm -hmm. you know, or just saying God bless you or. Um, and also times have changed because I feel like I, I remember I was followed once in New York, which really, really terrified yeah. me um, by this guy who was like trying to holler and then trying to attack. Oh, no. I still remember our friend Lauren, who posted that she and her wife were walking their dog and someone hollered at them and was like y'all can't be going around looking that good and then like literally <laughs> saw they were holding hands and then was like it's cool that you love each other but you can't look that good like, and it was like i don't want to be homophobic <laughs> and that just cracked me up and i'm like even the hollering is polite <laughs> anyway moving on let's get to the show we can't have the antidote 
if we don't have something to get an antidote from. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. All right. So first up, sweet Grace, did you Mm. hear that 99% of the world's population breathes poor air quality? Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, I know we live in L.A. We just breathe smog. Yeah. Oh, literally. Listeners don't know. My voice always sounds raspy because I'm constantly coughing because I have very bad allergies Mm. in L.A. And it's literally just the air is... uh, Toxic? Yeah. It's full smog. It's toxic. (laughs) It's uh, killing us slowly with its song. Mm -hmm. And um, the U.N. is actually calling, as they very often are, but now U.N. is calling for action to reduce fossil fuels while simultaneously WHO is doing all these studies that prove we need to reduce these fossil fuels. And they're saying, well, the air quality is porous in Eastern Mediterranean and in Southeast Asia, followed by Africa. And I'm like, why are you shitting on Africa like y'all ain't been to LA? The air quality is terrible in LA. Let's not talk about the continent of Africa. I literally don't believe that Africa has worse air quality than America. No, I just I don't, don't believe, believe it. it. I just half won't. Half of that shit's a jungle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that, they have like... Anti-Africa. Like, but it's true. It's half, half of it is very green. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's whole deserts and shit. Like, lots of green there's waterfalls and stuff. It's not worse than here. I, I don't believe that. Sorry. It's pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark. Um, but the darkness doesn't stop there. Oh, Second no. bit of uh, bummer news oh. is that there have been no charges against the police in the Emir Locke shooting. Mm. For those who don't specifically remember this case, since so many people are getting shot all the time, um, Mr. Locke was awakened in the early morning hours by officers entering his apartment under a no-knock warrant. Um, and he was holding his own handgun and then and he had the gun legally and the cops shot him last February. And so hearing this is really shitty. Like, you know, for it, it feels like the police right now with police brutality and police shootings are like one for y'all, one for us. Like mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like judges are just like, OK, blacks, calm down. Don't you shoot up any more targets. OK, now now we we going we going to let this guy slide. Don't you shoot up any targets. <laughs> and I'm just like, y'all. This is not this is not progress. I feel like the only reason that Derek Chauvin got convicted is because mm-hmm. everybody was on their fucking neck. Like yeah. everybody was yeah. from day one. Like there were so many protests. There was so many, um, t- you know, tweets and mm-hmm. letters and calls. I made calls. And people there. And people the, outside there, the courthouse. Outside the courthouse. But I feel like we... We literally can't do that for every single time this no. happens. So no. the ones that are end up just like lower profile, like Breonna Taylor, um, yeah. you know, it was high profile for black women. But I feel like a lot of people didn't yeah. click into that yeah. one in particular. And mm-hmm. so they're not facing any charges. So it's like it, it's either you have to be outraged and in the streets and then maybe that Maybe. that officer will get convicted but i didn't even really hear about this one so and it happened in the same city where george floyd was murdered so yeah. literally in the battleground of where the anger took place last year and yeah. they still did this exactly so, they didn't learn shit didn't learn shit um and the last bit of bummer news this week is uh, a little bit lighter uh those of you may have seen the grammys last weekend and jasmine sullivan queen Icon, the voice of the a voice. generation, literally was forced to share one of her Grammys with Silk Sonic. <laughs> and there's 
something to me that's so funny about a tie at an award yeah, show. Yeah, I'm just like, pick one. What? Just pick one. <laughs> she has had 15 nominations over her 19-year career, and now finally in the same night, she won two Grammys. She won uh, for Pick Up Your Feelings for Best R&B Performance, and she also won Best R&B Album for Hotels. Duh. Yeah. Hotels is Perfect. the greatest album since Lemonade. Perfect. And literally, she's out here having to share one of those with like high ass Bruno Mars and Anderson back. <laughs> but at least they gave her things for um, hotels, which yes. is great. So we love Jasmine and I'm glad that she got at least acknowledgement for that brilliant, brilliant, beautiful album. But yeah, you shouldn't have to share anything with Silk Sonic. <laughs> like they're good. <laughs> Don't they already and have like, like 12 Grammys and yes, they've been out for like two years? For nine seconds. <laughs> No shade. We we love Silk Sonic, but uh, but yeah, Jasmine shouldn't have had to share that one. You guys can get the next one. Come on. Well, after all that bummer news, I kind of feel like shit. Uh, how about you, A.B.? <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into the antidote. This is a segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and the things we did this week that made us both feel better about the bummer news. So I'd love to know, what's your antidote of the week, Grace? Um, My antidote this week is old friends. Aww. So friends that, you know, I value all my friendship. So obviously, I um, value Miss um, Annie here. Like, we're doing a podcast together. Hello. Uh, but there is something about someone who's known you for over 10 years Mm. It just like they knew you when you didn't have shit. Um, so, you know, when I was in Baltimore, like I mentioned on the last one, my friend got married. And so my birthday brunch was populated with all friends from high school. They know all the little traumas I went through in high school, the the boyfriends I had and everything like that. And then um, also uh, I'm here in New York right here where I lived for 15 years and yeah, I had friends that I met in grad school, which is um, that like my friend used to cook me dinner because I was broke and like all those traumatic and beautiful stories and all the glow up. And like when I got my first call to be on Kimmy Schmidt, they were all there for that. So it's been just so beautiful, like being around people that have known me so long. Um, I would love for you to describe the emotions that it gives you to hear you you reflected back from your friends. Yeah, it's just like uh, being home or something like that. Mm. It's like a, it's a feeling of home, of like being deeply known and that our wow. friendship has survived so many like ups and downs in the world, ups and downs in our own personal lives, you know, yeah. people have had babies, people have gotten married, people have gotten divorced. Like, there's just so much life that's been lived and we still love each other, which is to me a beautiful Aww. thing. I'm obsessed with that. I love that being around friends you love can give you, as you put it, a sense of home. Like, that to yeah. me is like really, that. that's, that's the thing, right? Is like searching for... All your life, you're searching for the places where you belong and finding places where you belong. And there's something about always knowing that you have yeah. this special bond with people who know you a different way. Um, anyway. Obsessed with that. That is my antidote for the week. How about yours, Amy? What was your antidote this week? <laughs> my antidote was a little bit more basic. It was um, listening to the new City Girls song. That ain't basic, girl. That shit is good as fuck. 
is listening to the new City Girls song Top Notch um, <laughs> on a loop, yo. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, First of all, that song is so good. And also, so many of the lyrics are so fucking funny. Like, I just, like, fucking love it. I I love rap songs yeah. about working hard. Working hard. Yes. <laughs> I am a double Virgo. I love rap songs about working hard, about finding your self-worth, about knowing your value, about stunting on them hoes, yes. which is like a lot of rap songs. Mm-hmm. But there's this particular mix of like where it's almost like the men, it's not about the men, it's about you. you so yeah. like, you know, Formation by Beyonce mm-hmm. or the Savage Remix also by Beyonce yes. and Megan the Stallion. Um, but then I also love some toxic people like Lil Baby, Something to Prove. Like there's certain songs where it's just kind of like, they have the ability to make me feel like I can go do things. Bank by Earth Gang. If you haven't listened to Bank by Earth Gang, mm-hmm. it's literally all about laughing on the way to the bank. <laughs> and I'm like, love this song. But there's something, the City Girls lyrics, two of my favorite lines are, when Carisha raps, could have paid for it, but I'd rather him. Yes! And it, like... <laughs> You could, girl, but you rather <laughs> could have paid for it. But I'd rather him. <laughs> Literally, when J- JT's verse is flawless, yeah. when I say it's flawless, and she comes in just going like, "You gotta pay for this," and I'm like, <laughs> literally every time I hear it, I'm like. <laughs> Since I've been back, there were so many times when I was even at the airport and someone's like, this is $2.99. I turned to my friend. I'm like, you got to pay for this. I'm like, I can't. The song just pumps me up. I love it. It's so good. She has a great line where she's like, beefing with who, bitch? I don't know you. And I'm like, that's right. That's on period. You know what? Let me tell you how that hits me in my heart right now. Because, you know, uh... Another antidote that I didn't even really mention was Katanji Brown Jackson. Let's talk about that. For the Supreme Court. Here's one other line that's relevant to the situation. Not only does she say beefing with who, bitch, I don't know you. But she also said, y'all gossiping, I'm in the news feed. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, when I see this Katanji Brown shit, that's exactly what it is. Okay, y'all gossiping, but I'm in the news feed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it happened. what? It, it, <laughs> Period. It, it should have been a bigger margin, but guess what, bitch? It happens. And it happens. she's up in the Supreme Court, and y'all could be mad about it, it all happens. day, every day, but it won't change the fact that she's in there. It won't change one fact. Um, I love that. I will say it was an antidote watching that six. Someone reposted the six seconds that it hits Katanji Brown, Supreme Court Justice Brown, when it hits her that she got the nomination. And you just see all of the emotions run across her yeah. face. Like re- being like, oh, I got it. Oh, this is heavy. Oh, this is so important. Oh, I cannot cry. Yeah. Like seeing her like process it live. I like... Um, uh, What I loved about both of our antidotes is yours was about the sense of feeling at home with people you know, and mine was like the sense of feeling like at home with yourself with complete strangers, complete (laughs) celebrities. But I was like, that's right, bitch, when I heard that song. (laughs) And it literally made, anytime I hear a rap song that's just about like, I'm a bad bitch. It, even though I'm always trying to feel that way and I often suffer from imposter syndrome, it does make me feel like there's a part of me that is that. And yes. I feel like you must feel that way even going home and seeing old friends. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, oh, well, I do feel a bit better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that feels like a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Oh, it's only my brother from another mother. My husband from another... 
that's not a saying. No. Point is, I met this comedian, writer, and actor years ago. And for folks who don't know, he hails from the dirty South, Georgia to be exact, and is known for bringing his comedy talents to shows like NBC's The Carmichael Show, HBO's Girls, Showtime's Black Monday, and beyond. He's now the head writer for the upcoming Marvel Studios series, Armor Wars. And he and his brother recently teamed up to talk sneakers, video games, and all things culture on their new podcast, History of Heat. In other words, he knows his way around a podcast in my heart. Please welcome the tallest child in Los Angeles, Yasser Lester. <laughs> you know you look young. That is so kind. Black I, don't crack. Uh, mine, my brother has a joke, so I, I, I'm giving him all credit. But he's like, he, he told me, he was like, look, black don't crack, but in your case, it shatters. He was like, why do you look so old? So <laughs> <What>? rude. <laughs> wrong your brother is mean so amy he is very impressive but we're Mm -hmm. not here to talk about his many 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 accomplishments uh we're here to get deep yeah so let's check in first how are you feeling today yes sir like for real not small talk is there anything that's weighing on you uh uh, for those those of you listening i suffer from a crippling anxiety uh had a pretty big anxiety attack yesterday i feel you um The comedowns are always kind of weird. Like, I become insatiably, like, hungry. And I haven't Mm. eaten enough today. So uh, I'm going to order some Chinese food in a little bit. And then... Uh, that I also finished the Kanye West documentary, so that's that that also puts you in a certain particular mood, you know. You were feeling some feelings. Uh, a lot of feel, a lot of feelings. Uh, so, uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes. What is your antidote? In other words, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week, or this month, or this year, or this, this. month? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. Prayer, meditation, uh, a mm. mixture of both. I, I think That's that, great. like, I, I, I truly, uh, you know, I heard someone once describe prayer as talking to God and meditation as listening to God. Mm. That Ooh. really stuck with me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's like really. And so that is really, you know, uh, that's just kind of a constant. So I, I'll always kind of put that first. Um, and encompassed in all that is like, you know, uh, relationships with family and friends. Like I consider like love, prayer, meditation. I consider that all the same, like conscious energy. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, that's like one thing. So that's the serious, serious, like true answer. I love that. Um, Wait, I want to I, I want to just sit with that a little bit because I really love the concept of communication, both talking and listening, because I think sometimes I don't know, I have a tendency to think of prayer as asking Right. For things, and as opposed to gratitude and like being able to have a conversation, and I love that you keep both sides of that. That's really cool. No, I was just gonna say that every time I pray or whatever, I literally started off as like, God, I know we haven't talked in a while, and I don't <laughs> oh deserve it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't deserve what I'm gonna ask you for, but I'm gonna ask you for but. it anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, Lord, I would love um, Idris Elba and a Birkin. <laughs> <laughs> Idris Elba, you, Grace, come what? on! What? Just those are just so surface. Like who's no? Your her real cut? want is different. No, her real want is different. Yeah, who's my real? Are one? you gonna say it? Go the say, one, can you go say who it? you really want? Who? 
Boris Kojo. Oh, Boris Kojo. That's your man. That's your yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw him in person once at H Club, and I was just like, I was on a, at a meeting with someone else, and I like turned to the person, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm not going to be able to concentrate on anything that you're saying right now because <laughs> that man over there is my number fucking one. Like, just beyond, like, if God made a man just for grace, like, he just arranged all the features of his face and body uh, <laughs> for me. Wait, wait. I want to get back to, you said you had deep antidotes and then some other ones. Yeah. I want to hear uh, about okay. the other ones. You're going to hate this number, too. Wife. Boris Kojo's wife. Love her. To yeah. <laughs> Love what? Nicole Ari Parker. Oh, my God. That is very beautiful, yes. She's my best wait. friend, and she is listening right you now. Can stop right there. <laughs> you can die. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, girl, I'm not about to toss it over at Boris Kojo. Don't worry or oh, whatever. I'm good. That, see, that is the big difference. That is that, like, and I hate to be like, genders are different. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like whoever my number one is, if I were a single person in the world and I saw them, I would walk up to them and be like, if you are willing to have an affair, <laughs> we can go right now. <laughs> now is the time. Now is the time. This might be the place. And for you, Grace, like, again, men are such dogs that if you went over to him and be like, hey, do you want to have an affair? He'd be like, yeah, you're beautiful. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could just do it. You, you really No, I would never. I could not, I could no. not sleep it. Like, that, was, that would be such bad karma for me. So I'd be like, oh, man, I can't do that to another woman for sure. Oh, my I God. That's so that. crazy and to see, they, they all got those cute kids. I could never. But. I mean, you don't have to rat him out. <laughs> you could just have an affair and be silent. <laughs> so do you think I could have an affair with Boris Kojo and not tell people? I'm telling everybody I've ever met. I would hear about it while it's happening. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Amy. He's hitting it from the back right now. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Amy, he's really good. I'm like, what's that sound? Oh, just cheeks clapping. Don't worry. <laughs> and then she'd be okay. like, can you finish okay. first? And then... <laughs> Okay. Now I now I get why you can't have an affair. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that. Makes yeah, sense. that feels crazy. Um, real number two, mm -hmm. decaffeinated venti iced americanos from Starbucks. Oh, hey, that's vintage. Okay. I say vintage because I haven't been to a Starbucks the entire pandemic. Isn't that crazy? Oh, because you only been to Hilltop. <laughs> Why does that make you mad? Yeah. Oh, because you only have hilltop coffee, you uppity. <laughs> I will say the funny thing is, it's because once I learned I could make coffee, I just kept making it. It was like the world shut down. I was like, whatever shall I do? And then I started buying whole beans and I bought a little grinder. And now it's like part of my ritual. I'm like, let me grind up these beans. Let me make this coffee. Yeah. And it became really, but there is something really comforting and vintage, but also like uh, just a modern treasure of being able to go to a Starbucks and get exactly what you wanted. And it tastes yeah. the same every time. Um, but there's a Starbucks like three quarters of a mile from me. So it's mm -hmm. like I can walk, I get it, I yeah. walk back. It feels like it, it's, there's a ritual involved, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And to yeah. uh, Queen Annie Obi's point, like I worked at McDonald's for years 
And it's mm. like, I, I hate it because I worked there, but I also know if I go into a McDonald's, it's going to taste the same way it did yeah. 20 years ago. You know what I mean? And I yeah. like I like to, Queen Annie Yobi's point, uh, consistency. I like, I like making sure that, you know, I, I like knowing that it's always going to be there. And also, I like that it is quite literally a placebo. And I was talking about anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's, you know, I, can they actually decaffeinate a coffee? Who knows? But like, <laughs> I like that I get, I, I get the, the ritual of it all. I am obsessed with the antidote of ritual. Like just, yes. yeah, comforting yourself with the familiar and like going back to like, I mean... The simple things. Yeah, I'll say, uh, and this is a, again, simple joy. I think every adult, it depends on your diet, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think every adult, just to like reconnect with himself, should have a bowl of their favorite cereal like twice a week at night. Oh. Like do it as like a little dessert. It's, it I really love cereal does for like. That's wonderful. Just getting a little fruity, just like uh, just like a mug of fruity pebbles or cookie crisp, yes. cinnamon toast crunch. Like, okay. I, I think that like, and this will be the last like big statement I make, I promise. But like, it's so easy to be like bills, you know, like life, all this stuff. And you, you really like, I do feel like the philosophy of cereal kind of just like grounds you in the like, this is a small thing that I enjoy and like kind of nothing else matters for a second, right? Like, and you don't have to feel guilty about it. It's not eating like a pint of ice cream or any of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really does like, I don't know. It like brings you back to kind of just being young in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And the excitement of having your favorite cereal. Yeah. Those are joys of a child. Also just sit outside for five minutes. Just like sit outside for five minutes on your, uh, if you have a porch or, you know, whatever, even if it's just the driveway of the apartment complex, whatever, like you just, re- just realize that you are a creation of the universe. See it for Take what it, it is for a second. Breathe in the smog. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet smog. Yes. Yeah. So we talk all the time about family and how much we love our families. Like yeah. I'm always like, I like, hang out or talk to my family a lot. And I'm curious, even just the ritual of seeing your family, like most of your close family moved to LA Mm -hmm. and they all live here. Like that's, do you feel like they, someone asked me literally earlier today, is family an antidote for you? And I was like, no, but I do love them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, do you feel like family is your, is an antidote for you? Do they calm you down, amp you up? I feel like, uh, can can your poison also be your antidote? Mm. <laughs> right? Like, you yeah. know? Yes. Yeah, I know. Um, That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> wow, he's spitting. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I would say mostly antidote because I'm very, uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to make this like black writer twitter podcast but like i do think that like as writers i think it's very easy to become very insular and you're just always Mm -hmm. working things out in your head your head your head Mm -hmm. my family's really good at helping me at least seeing some different perspective because i also don't like and this is (laughs) this is a, a, a conversation for a different day but it's like i also like i kind of tell my family stuff 
and then like my therapist and that's it. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. go to friends like I've got this problem. Like, I just like sit there and just like will punch a hole in the wall. And everyone's like, you OK? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> let it out. So, so I they, I would say they're mostly antidote. Every once in a while, of course, you argue with family, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But like, I, I feel like family's only poison if you care about them, right? Like, I have so many friends that they just like don't care about their family, you know? Mm-hmm. So they just don't think about them. Like, But that's true. Like, it's true. Like, they can only be poison because you care, which right. in itself is like, you have feelings. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. And yeah. that's a positive thing. I think about that so often, especially like during the pandemic, there were times where I was like, mom and dad you can't tell me what you're doing because once you say like i went to costco i'm just imagining the darkest shit shit. yeah i'm just like you were in a store in texas like i just can't handle it and i'm like that gave me anxiety and that was poison but also in its own way i'm like well it proves i care about you so i'm gonna let you know yeah having family is a blessing but it's also like you care too much and you try to like make sure they're safe and everything and but you know have to remember that's my therapist always says that they're grown they can do what they want so i just real quick my mom same thing like june 2020 i like she she shares her location with the kids just Mm -hmm. in case and like i went to text or something but i needed like a picture that she had already sent so i hit the info button and it showed her location and she was fully in a walmart so i didn't say anything (laughs) And I was like, what did you do today, mom? She was like, oh, I just went on a walk. And I was like, mom, just so you know, your location popped up. And I know you were at the Walmart Supercenter. She was like, just so you know, okay, yes, that's true. But I'm being careful. I go right into Walmart. I go in, get the things I need, walk out. I go right into Nordstrom Rack, get the things I need, walk out. I go right <laughs> into Best Buy. And she named, she named like five places. I was like, nigga, that is... The mall. Mama (laughs) was shopping. Her check came in, and she was just like, (laughs) "Yeah." It's like, what are we? It's it's so you're like, oh my god, because every single thing. And I know we all know this. It's like all of your psychoses. Most of them come from your parents, and you don't realize Uh it. So you can analyze them fully. And you're like, oh, yeah. I remember my mom growing up when I would get, like, a tax return. When I was, like, 17, again, from McDonald's. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, I, I, truly, I remember conversations. Where like, I think I'm going to save this money. And my mom was like, you spend every dime of <laughs> damn money. You don't... <laughs> You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, like, my mom was literally... I love your mom. Literally anti-saving money. Is she an Aries? What is April 14th? She's an Aries. She's I'm an Aries. Aries. Or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's our shit. whole fucking energy. Because I'm just like, YOLO. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I want this big or whatever. Yeah, it costs a whole week's pay. But, bitch, you only live once. So, I feel like me and your mom would be best friends. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've talked about parents. I want to talk yes. about siblings a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. and your brother Isaiah host a podcast together. Yeah. Which was called Sneakers. What was it called? Before? So we had so we had a different one. It was independent oh, okay. called My Brother Sneaker. And then we were acquired by the oh, big dope. mega corporation of it. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a podcast company. I'm not gonna <laughs> But it is, but StockX, which is a very big sneaker marketplace, yeah. and another uh, podcast network, uh, had us rebooted essentially. Cool. Um, so we do it, it. It's about sneakers and culture, but it's the same thing we're doing now. You know, those are always our entryways. I and love that. We talk about you know 
from what what would just be you know a shoe to being like why was kamala harris's nephew-in-law wearing these are these oh, yeah, the Dior, whack now? Uh, yeah. So, so the Dior, uh, what was that it? was incredible. The Dior Jordans or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. Were that really was cool. a moment. Yeah. That was a moment. <laughs> have you guys, I mean, you guys have collaborated for years. Yeah. Have you always wanted to work together or like who got into comedy first? Well, you know, it's interesting. So we all like, cause also my sister is a, a, a union hairstylist so she mm-hmm. does all the y'all all set barbering the yeah so we all work in the industry y'all the weigh-ins lord willing everybody got a job uh, <laughs> lord willing lord willing please um nepotism is such a real thing in general yeah. and you don't realize it till you get yep. in and you're like oh yep. my god like yeah. I mean, and i don't know y'all's friends. connections but like i truly w- was like i mean mine came from stand-up right and it's again mm-hmm. you're just like the idea of just like writing a script and hoping you'll get in is like for anybody listening is it's not gonna happen meet somebody <laughs> meet somebody just, immediately somebody <laughs> just jumped into the ocean yes sir <laughs> you're responsible for 12 people oh, in listen. The industry. and for that i thank you they shouldn't be here <laughs> Can I be honest? There's not enough jobs. You, you, whoever you are, don't don't come to Hollywood. <laughs> Do something else. Do something but else. Be a painter. And, and if, can I and also you, say? Oh, sorry, Grace. No, no I was no, just no, gonna no. say. And if you don't have nepotism or whatever, which none of us here had or whatever, um, then you have to kind of risk it all. Like you kind of have to do it. Like I got on a Greyhound Greyhound bus at 23, uh, you know, and, you know, had maybe a hundred dollars. And then I was like going to stay with my aunt in New York and Mm -hmm. uh, like got a paid internship where I was making like $200 a week. Like, before taxes <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> like that's the type of shit you got to do or whatever in order to do it but like it's hard to do that not everybody can do that so it, no and that's and that's the crazier thing is that like you know and again for us three it's like i know our stories you know grace i just heard yours but i'm like you know i'm not gonna be like and i was eating rats in the gutter and then i made it <laughs> like i'm not you know i ain't yeah. crazy but it's like to be broke and like try to make it even requires a certain amount of privilege, which is so crazy mm-hmm. to me. You know what I'm That's saying? True. Like, like I worked at Borders Bookstore. I worked at like uh, Best Buy and like all these, yeah. you know. And even then, you're like, damn, the fact that I like could even get a job is mm-hmm. like so <laughs> far beyond what other people have to go through. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, a like, thousand percent. And I and knew I'll that, also like, say, oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that I knew that I, I had a safety net. I knew I could always come home. So that is right. a privilege. But, but absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I came to L.A. Because it's like my grandma lived in Fresno at the time. And I was like, if anything ever happens, I can at least drive up to Fresno and like mm-hmm. find uh, my grandma's couch to sleep on. Right. But I was also going to say the thing about nepotism, too, that uh, uh, being black creatives you know, mm. nepotism truly still kind of gets you nowhere because you have to be so talented. Like, you have to be so talented. You can't be shitty. You really can't. That's, I, I totally agree because nobody's going to give you a chance for no reason. I, right. I actually want to pull out out of the work conversation mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah. that stress, it always stresses me out thinking about how <laughs> fucked up this industry is. But um, I do want to ask, like, outside of work, yeah. what 
do you have like I know you paint, I know you have your podcast, which is kind of work adjacent and painting yeah. opens up creativity, but I would like to know what is your proudest non-career related accomplishment? Pre-pandemic, I was working with this organization called Cause for Celebration, and they would throw mm -hmm. birthday parties for children in like single parent homes, underfunded oh, homes, cool. or in foster care. Mm -hmm. It was great, and like you know, again, it's like kids that would normally never have a birthday party. Like quite literally, the science shows that like a child just being acknowledged with a birthday party like <laughs> keeps them yeah. out of jail, gets oh them in God. school. Like you know what I'm saying? And you're like yeah. just like so something like that. It was always just like damn like I, again like i grew up and like my mom at the very least would be like i got a cupcake or you know what i'm saying like just yeah, again, that acknowledgement that small acknowledgement you know I, I i've always been of the school thought that i was like if i ever make it i was gonna mm. get back right mm -hmm. and you just, there's so mm -hmm. many times that like and I, I mean this sincerely like my mom like we, she would have $10 in her pocket and that would be it. And if she saw someone on the street, she would give it to her and she, or give it to them. And she would always mm -hmm. be like, you have to take care of everyone. Like, you just mm -hmm. have to. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's the like only way we can really get, humanity can get out of this mess. So she always, like, gave, the spirit of giving has always been within me, my brother and sister. There's a certain level of love that only comes from giving if that mm -hmm. makes sense it's really weird you don't you know especially remember being like a kid and people are like it's better to give than receive and you're like i sure. always want toys <laughs> yeah exactly I you're want like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah um, better but... to give to me than yes exactly yeah <laughs> and where can people find you on the internet got rid of twitter that's another antidote actually Ooh. get rid of twitter yeah Ooh. so Instagram at Yasser underscore Lester. Uh, I think that's it. I don't, I don't have much of a footprint. No, Mo. Uh, <laughs> well, your show you will do. be coming out. And they're about to find you on, yes. I don't know, at Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys uh, look out for Armor Wars premiering in 2030. Uh, <laughs> 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 Should be exciting. I was... I was like, should we call it the upcoming show? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> oh, uh, well, th this has been amazing. I'm like, I feel like I haven't laughed this much in a while about such dark things. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh, oh it's my dream. Now we're going to do our creative tap-in in which we tip, tip, tip into our creativity. Ow. Amy and I are both writers. So being creative brings us joy. And this is a podcast about joy. So Grace is going to surprise me with a quote about creativity, and I'm going to let her know what it makes me think. Slow down and enjoy life. It's not only the scenery you miss by going too fast. You also miss the sense of where you are going and why. That is by Eddie Cantor. I'll read it one more time. Slow down and enjoy life. It's not only the scenery you miss by going too fast. You also miss the sense of where you are going and why. I think what it makes me think of, maybe not right now, but I've been I've actually been reading this book. It's an older book and some of it feels a little dated, but it's by Simon Sinek, who I really appreciate as a thought leader. And mm -hmm. it's called Start With Why. And the book is all about how the greatest companies have a very strong why, and sometimes their why is even stronger than what they create. Mm. Um, but if you, it, but if you're trying to grow your company too fast, you can lose your why, yeah. and that's when mm -hmm. things like companies start to fail. Is like when they're just like cost cutting and thinking of their competitors and like mm -hmm. moving too fast. 
And so right now in this moment, just because I'm in the process of like starting a production company and Mm -hmm. I did a lot of work last year to find out like, what is my why? Mm -hmm. Um, I hired a consultant. I like did all these workshops and obviously I've been reading all of these like business books and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now in this moment, that's what that quote makes me think of is like making sure like just because your career, what you're working on, your creative trajectory is accelerating, not to lose your why, not to lose the thing that grounds you and Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're driving in a direction that you believe in. That's what it makes me think of. What about you? Uh, Well, it just makes me think of how sometimes like in this business, you get to the point where your dream is work. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you forget to enjoy the work that you forget that this is what you prayed for. This is what you sat in your room dreaming about or whatever, because at some point it becomes work. It just encourages me to be like, oh, wow, you are kind of living inside of your dream right now. It may not be exactly how you pictured it. Like I pictured myself as Angela Bassett, really. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I'm not Angela Bassett. Uh, only Angela Bassett is Angela Bassett. I'm Grace Edwards. But, uh, and so the dream doesn't look exactly how I pictured it, but I literally wake up every day and my work is things that I love. Um, and sometimes I'll get so anxious and stressed out and like thinking about, oh, is this going to go or, oh, I have to do mm-hmm. this over here and, uh, and mm-hmm. start thinking of my dream as oppression. <laughs> Uh, it reminds me to be like, remember the why that you wanted to do this uh, for a reason. Um, and part of it is like putting your voice out there, putting yourself out there, creating work for people who you feel are underrepresented. So remember that whenever you're just like, oh, I'm tired or like, oh, I, I don't want to do this meeting or whatever. Just remember that it, it's all a privilege. That's nice. I mean, I like that it makes both of us think of the why, even if it's in a slightly different way. But it is like, check back in with yourself. Remember the why. Remember why you you signed up for this. <laughs> exactly. And it makes me even think of giving, like how Yasser was talking about the power of being able to give back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is so much of why we create art and we, I almost mean like capital we, like black yeah. creatives. It's its not just, I want to see my name in lights. It's also, I want to give future black people a thing to see. Yeah, that's a huge why. And that's so important to remember every day when we do work. Okay, well, thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Mm, I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, (laughs) we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracieat. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And remember your why. 
The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. It is produced by Jenna Hanchard, and our associate producer is Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Evan Clark. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Ow.